Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And well, uh, the flower in goal last night for the Wild, Philip Gustafson has been playing some outstanding hockey. But you know, Flurry, he's not going to give up that number one job easily. 46 saves uh, last night. He's a veteran guy. He's a future Hall of Famer with multiple Stanley Cup championships. He's not going to give up that top spot without a fight. No, he, uh, in whatever his motivation, whether he just wanted to play well, whether he just felt good, or whether there is some, you know, some urgency on his part because of the competition and goal. Listen, they always want to play well. You just never know if, you know, what outside influences could actually bear some influence on him. In general, though, he just played really well. And it's probably a good thing that, you know, even if Gustafson hadn't played as well as he has, he's played really well. Uh, just having a solid backup goalie just to keep Florida from having it burned out is a is a big bonus. And the way it's turned out, it's turned out even better than you would have expected. Gustafson is, he really is vying for, for number one status on the team. Yeah. Flory is putting up a fight. Uh, and, they, and you know, unlike fans who like to debate things, uh, they don't have to make any decisions. They don't have to declare anything. They can <laughs> just play it out and, and start whoever they want in the playoffs. Yeah, that's right. It's their prerogative. And uh, and it's, uh, you know, those of us that are fans and you guys who cover them professionally, too, uh, you know, it's our job to speculate and see what's yep. going on and uh, try and judge motivations as we can, because that's part of the fun of doing uh, what we do is, is trying to speculate on that uh, a little bit. Uh, what's not speculative usually is injuries in the NHL, because they're not very uh, open about them, neither are the Timberwolves for that matter. But Kaprizov leaves the game in the third period last night, have you heard anything? Not yet. We're talking here, what, about right about 1 o'clock on uh, Thursday afternoon. He was supposed to get an MRI. The team hadn't said anything about it yet. To, that I, to my knowledge, I've been kind of refreshing all my pages, waiting to see news on it. It did look bad. It looked mm. awkward, and I really thought I really thought it was a dirty play. Yeah. You know, It's exactly what the NFL is trying to get defensive linemen not to do, which is just fall on somebody, use your weight, to, to buckle them and this was just an open ice hit and instead of just hitting him like making the hockey hit he decided to fall on top of him it's mm-hmm. to me it was really a cheap play uh it's amazing how the people nhl fans and nhl people defend that kind of stuff why is it good for the game of hockey to let some meathead who can't who's not even very good take out a star yeah. just because he felt like it how, how stupid is that it is stupid and it's a giant of a man too this stanley for the jets he's huge yeah, he's massive, and he, he and he obviously did this very strategically. Oh, I'm hitting the best player for the other team. If I just fall on him the right way, maybe I can hurt him. I, I just the NHL is way too tolerant. The NHL has improved so much in so many ways. They've gotten rid of the clutching and grabbing. It's no longer just a neutral zone trap uh, game. They've increased scoring. Uh, it's a it's a much faster, much prettier game than it used to be. Uh, but that's the last, you know, the, the fighting and the the justification of cheap play is, is still haunts the league in my eyes. As we move into the stretch drive of the uh, season here and then into the postseason, it certainly looks like the Wild are headed for the postseason. I always feel like home ice advantage is maybe a little less important than some of the other professional uh, men's uh, team sports. Do you think that's the case? Does it matter if they're the two or the three seed much? It, it, you'd rather be, have home ice advantage than not, but I really don't think it's a defining factor. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, NBA, the people are right on the court. It's loud as heck. People are screaming at you when you're trying to shoot a free throw. And it, I really think it's pretty dramatic. NFL, you're playing on, you know, a turf that you practice on. You're playing 
in conditions that you work in, uh, the, again, the crowd's incredibly loud. It affects play calling for the opponent. Uh, NHL, you know, every arena is loud. Every arena is shaped exactly the same way. Fans aren't really on top of you. There's a glass between you and them. So, yeah, you'd rather have a home ice advantage. I just don't think it's a deciding factor. Let's talk NFL and quarterbacks uh, a little bit. Uh, it seems as though there's momentum for Aaron Rodgers to follow Brett Favre out to the New York Jets. And then, of course, Viking fans will say, well, another year now, he's back with the Vikings. But uh, off to the Jets, potentially, anyway. Does that seem like a fit to you? Is that something that might happen, actually? Yeah, it's really an ideal fit. Mm. Um, and and let's, uh, there are two reasons. For a team to really want to give up assets in return for Aaron Rodgers, who's older, who's coming off a, his, his worst year, uh, who has been a flake now for a number of years, <laughs> you really have to have a desperate quarterback situation. Mm. And, you, and you have to believe that one good quarterback can change everything in your franchise. The Jets are that team. They've built a really good roster. Uh, they have a really good defensive coach as their head coach. They can run the ball. They have good young receivers. They have a good defense. They have an excellent cornerback. And last year, if they had had a good, if they'd had a top ten quarterback last year, they probably win twelve games, thirteen mm-hmm. games. Um, so it's absolutely logical that they can look at Aaron Rodgers and say, "This guy makes us better immediately." He's working up the assets. Now, I think there, I wouldn't want anything to do with Aaron Rodgers if I were an NFL executive. But the Jets are the, te- the you know, they are the rare team that can actually say, "Okay, it's worth the headaches. It's worth the risk because that that position is the only thing really holding us back." Yeah. And then uh, Derek Carr uh, signs a contract uh, and uh, gets uh, signed in the NFL. He's going to the New Orleans Saints, and yep. uh, they haven't been settled really at QB since Drew Brees left. Right, and uh, they tried, you know, James Winston. They tried Teddy for a little bit. Uh, you know, they tried uh, Andy Dalton. They mm-hmm. still use Taysom Hill as a bit player, but it just shows you how important, you know, that great quarterback is. Uh, those are all quarterbacks with a certain amount of ability, but, but – Drew Brees carried the franchise. None of them is going to carry the franchise. I don't. I see this as a uh, a signing of convenience for, for both sides. I don't see it as being anything really. I guess the only good thing you can say about the Saints signing Derek Carr is they're in such a bad division that Carr actually might put them over the top in terms of winning that division. Uh, I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's a good quarterback anymore. But he's better than what they had. Is Geno Smith better than Russell Wilson at this point? I mean, the Seahawks felt like he was. Uh, they signed him to a contract extension. Yeah, I. the Wilson story has got so many layers to it. Mm-hmm. He was a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a guy who made a difference. He was a guy who won games for them in the fourth quarter. And then his last year in Seattle, he wasn't very good. And what most people on the outside looked at it and said, okay, well, we know Russell Wilson's still good. So it must be Pete Carroll and his offense just, you know, going down, uh, just going into their decline. And we were wrong. Hmm. We were absolutely wrong. Uh, Wilson goes to Denver. He's terrible. Uh, the, the Seahawks make the playoffs with Geno Smith. And I just think Pete Carroll looks at the way he does things and says, yeah, I'd like to have a nice uh, – of course, I want as good a quarterback as possible, but I can win games defense, running game. Um, you know, a passing game that works flows from our running game. He's almost like Zimmer, only kind of better at, at that. Um, and Wilson embarrassed himself last year in Denver. And I loved, I used to love the guy. He used to be one of my favorite players. Yeah. Uh, but he embarrassed himself in Denver last year, and he's got to resurrect his, he's got to resurrect his career quickly. 
Yeah, and, uh, you know, for Geno Smith, I mean, he got a chance to play and showed that he's at least a serviceable uh, quarterback. I don't think uh, yeah. people are putting him as a championship QB necessarily, but but he played well for the Seahawks last year. He really did, and he showed leadership skills, and Carroll loves him. And, you know, everyone wants a top-five quarterback. Mm. There are only five top-five quarterbacks. The That's other right. 27 teams have to find something else that works. Yeah. And so you can always dream about tanking or – you know, getting lucky in the draft and finding the next Aaron Rodgers or, or Brett Favre or whatever. But the reality is that these are businesses. They want to be competitive. They want to take a swing at it. And Geno Smith is the best option for them in that case. Uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm hearing rumors that uh, one of the quiet suitors might be the Detroit Lions. I kind of hope that doesn't happen because I don't want him in the division. That would be fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Goff played really well for them last year. Goff's been to a Super Bowl but Lamar Jackson is an MVP candidate, and Lamar Jackson thrived in Baltimore with very little talent around him. Really, they gave him a great tight end. They never gave him great receivers, uh, you know, kind of pedestrian running backs. Um, it would be fascinating to see what would happen with him. Because they, the Lions have good receivers. They have good backs. They have a good offensive line. They're on the rise. Lamar Jackson might make them really dangerous. Uh, is there a timetable for when the Vikings may or may not do something with Kirk Cousins' contract? Yes, I don't have the, the all the dates in front of me. I think I think what the Vikings are trying to do right now is sort through all the veteran players they have to make decisions on before March 17th. Start of Kendricks, I would guess that Cook and Thielen will be the next uh, dominoes. Uh, they also have to figure out what, what they're going to do with Peterson and Harrison Smith uh, and Jordan Hicks and C.J. Ham. There are a lot of moving parts there. I don't know. Honestly, I just have to admit, I don't know whether they need to get certain deals done first, do other deals, or if they want to clear up the obvious stuff and then know how much money they can afford to pay spend on Cousins. Uh, but it's, it's going to be really interesting. These Cousins has elevated himself, and they don't have an alternative. They also don't want to spend so much on Cousins that uh, you know he's not a good value and that they can't afford to build around him. So it's going to be a really interesting negotiation. You know, in a in a dream scenario, Cousin says, "Listen, I've already made more money than I could ever spend. Uh, the organization's been good to me. I like O'Connell. I like the offense. We got a chance to win here. I'll, I'll take a reasonable deal that gives us some uh, money to spend on other players." But that very rarely happens. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at five sports at Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.